Good afternoon, y'all. It's good to see y'all today. Uh, guys, today's gospel reading is chock-a-block full with some awesome insights, so I'm going to jump into it. We see that Jesus is going to Jerusalem for what they call a feast day, right? This would have been, in liturgical, uh, in the Jewish times, the liturgy, right? So it'd be like you saying you went to your mom and dad's house to celebrate you know, with them for Easter, and y'all went to the Easter Mass. It was some, one of the big festivals, one of the big feast days in Jerusalem. Now, the last time Jesus went to Jerusalem, if you remember, um, it was for the Feast of Passover. And it was whenever he saw the money changers inside of the, the temple area, and he started throwing tables over and grabbing a cord and showing them who's their daddy and just like, you know, um, kicking them all out. Zeal for the house of God consumed him, right? That was the first time he went into Jerusalem, right, to begin his public ministry. This is the second time. Now, what is he going back this time? What is the feast day? What's the big liturgy he's going to celebrate? Well, it's probably Pentecost. Right? This was the spring harvest. This would have been May or June. And it would have been a festival of the first fruits of your crops. So you had planted your fall uh, crops, I mean your spring crops, and now the first fruits of it. You would take the first part, like the first tomato off your vines. You would take it over to the church, right, to the temple. But imagine doing that for your whole crop. And why would they do that? It was to show to, to God that they wanted to give God proper homage and honor and trust that even though the first fruits that come off of those vines are the best fruits, they're going to offer that to God and trust that He's going to continue to provide for their physical needs, for their food. So this is what the Feast of Pentecost was. It was a celebration for an entire week with some of the best food you could ever imagine. Right? Um... And so, uh, so this is where Jesus is going, and he's going to fulfill the Jewish Passover, I mean the Jewish feast of Pentecost today, because this is what Jesus has to do. Every one of the Jewish feast days, Passover, Pentecost, etc., he has to fulfill them in himself. Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So he's got to fulfill all of their liturgies in himself. And this is how he does it with Pentecost, okay? So let's walk through it because this is super, super, super important. It's a big deal in the Jewish life as well as in the church's life. So Pentecost is here. Jesus is walking by this uh, place called the Sheep Gate. And there was this pool, uh, Bethsheba. Uh, it had five protocols. So imagine this swimming pool and there was like a, a wall around it and there were five entrances. And the Jewish understanding was that the angels would come down and they would like stir up the water. And whenever they would stir up the water, anybody who was sick could go and bathe in the water, and they would be healed. All right. Now, interesting, whenever you look at spiritual uh, significance, these five entrances are symbolic of the body of Jesus, the five wounds of Jesus, where we seek to enter into the mystical body of Christ and be healed. All right. So that was a side note. So this man is there, and he was, um, and he had laid there for 38 years. He had been his legs didn't work, right? And so Jesus goes up to him, and he doesn't ask him anything about his faith. He just poses a question: Do you want to be well? And the the man is bitter, and he looks at Jesus, and he doesn't even answer his yes or no question. He just says, "Sir." I have no one to put me into the pool, and when the water is stirred up, while I'm on my way, someone gets down there before me. He's a crabby old man, and he's mad at the world for being sick, right? And he's ungrateful, right? He doesn't realize who's standing before him. 
And so without even asking for this man's consent, and without even asking for a show of any sort of faith, Jesus gives freely an incredible healing. He says, rise, take up your mat, and walk. Right? This is what we see happening in Pentecost. This is the first fruits. Jesus is going to come into the people's lives, into our lives. And without us even deserving it, he will offer us healing through the sacraments of the church. Right? This is what we begin to see. All right? Is the radical, incredible gift that God wants to pour out upon us, though we don't deserve it. And many times, even when we get it, we're ungrateful. Right? He forgives us of, uh, of our sins. We go to the sacrament of reconciliation. And what do we do? Nine times out of ten, we go back and we do the same sins over again. Right? And this is what this man shows us. Like, he embodies the human race. Because what happens? What I mean is ungrateful. Well, he goes off and the Jews begin to ask him, who is it that cured you? It's a Sabbath. You're carrying a mat, dude. Number one, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And he's like, well, I'm just carrying a mat. No, that was considered to work on the Sabbath. And so they said, well, who cured you? He goes, I don't know who it was. Um, it was. It was some man. He said, take up your mat and walk. And so the man goes off and Jesus finds him. And this is an intense conversation right here. Jesus finds him in the midst of thousands of people. All right? And he says, look, you're well. Don't sin again. So nothing worse may happen to you. So Jesus healed the guy physically. And he remained ungrateful for the gift that Jesus gave to him freely without having to ask for it. He remained bitter, and then he started looking at the Jews who were asking who did it, and he's pointing the finger. I don't know, some, that guy, he's the one that healed me. Go after him. Don't, don't push me. And whenever Jesus finds him again, he gives him a stern warning. Look, dude, you're healed. Stop being so bitter so that nothing worse will happen to you. This is an allusion to what's worse is hell. Eternal damnation. That's what's worse. And Jesus is saying, dude, don't sin again. Stop sinning lest you go to hell. Like this is what Jesus is getting at. He says, yes, this physical healing should have made your heart rejoice. It should have made your heart leap for joy and come to know and be grateful for the gift that God has given to you because you didn't ask for it. But instead he remained in his bitterness. He, wasn't, he didn't even say thank you. Right. And that sin of ingratitude is what Jesus is trying to pull out of this guy. It wasn't about his legs. It was about the sin of his heart of ingratitude that he's trying to heal. He says, look, if that don't get healed, if you don't let go of that, it could cause a worse, a worse punishment. Right? And so, it's, man, it just made me think. I'm like, holy moly, like, Lord, what in my own life? Do I need you to extract out of my heart? What, what sins, right? What, what sort of ingratitude have I just taken for granted the free gift that you've given to me, right? And that's where we see the sacraments, right? This is the first fruits of the church. It's the sacraments that Jesus gives to us. The first one that he gives this man is this beautiful gift of healing. We have the anointing of the sick. Though we don't deserve it, God gives it to us freely. You don't have to pay for the anointing of the sick. And I have seen healing after healing after healing. 
physical healings and spiritual healings for the anointing of the sick. We have the sacrament of reconciliation. We have the sacrament of marriage. You didn't have to do anything to get married, right? You just had to stand into the sanctuary and you give the sacrament to each other. The priest doesn't give you the sacrament. You give it to one another. That's the coolest thing. That's the only sacrament that you give to one another. We have the sacrament of baptism. We have the sacrament um, of the priesthood. Right? All these beautiful sacraments, they're free. We don't deserve them. And what are they there for? Our healing and the grace we need for our eternal salvation. And so today, you know, let us look at the church and tell Jesus, thank you for the church. Thank you for establishing this church. Thank you for the sacraments that you've given to us. You know, to be truly grateful for these things so that we can be healed and we can enjoy eternal life with the Lord. Amen?